We are on in Ksubis, Tesvav, Omer Aleph, 15A3 in the Archical Gemara. In the last class, we were discussing the concept of a rov, following a statistical majority, and the concept of kol kavua kamechzah which is the concept that if the question at hand, if the reason for doubt is in a place which is stationary, which is not in motion, so then the Torah tells us, and we'll see where in this recording, uh, the Torah tells us that we do not follow a majority. Even though when it's in motion, we do follow a majority, when it is in place, we do not follow a majority. And perhaps the reason behind this, as we mentioned in the last class, is that either we don't know the reason, which uh, oftentimes we don't know the reason, <coughs> and it's what we refer to as a Gzeris HaKosov, it's, this is what the Torah tells us, and even though it doesn't uh, necessarily make sense within our own logic, but it makes sense to God, it makes sense to Hashem. Uh, alternatively, there are those who try to give some sort of explanation, and one of the explanations that's given is that when things are stationary, when the question at hand is uh, something which is in front of us, all the options are in front of us as to w- what happened. So for example, you have 10 stores None of them are kosher, one of them isn't. So then even the non-kosher store is present. It's around. It exists. And it's in front of us in terms of uh, where did I buy that piece of meat? I forgot where I bought that piece of meat from. Um, And so therefore we have to be stringent because it's like it's staring at us in the face. It exists. And it's around and it's present right now when I'm trying to figure out where it came from. Um, So perhaps uh, as opposed to if I find the meat in the street, so then uh, we could follow the statistical majority because it's not like I'm looking at the non-kosher store. It's just I have to figure out where did it come from, uh, and so therefore I could follow a majority. That's that's one potential uh, reason behind this idea. So the Gemara now is going to uh, embellish and uh, add to this idea of kol kavua kemechzah that when something is stationary, we view it as we cannot follow the statistical majority, and therefore uh, we have to view it as a case of suffix, as a case of doubt. And so the Gemara is about to tell us that uh, we view it as a suffix, we do not fo- go based on the majority, but we view it as a real question, whether that will end up being a leniency or whether that will end up being a stringency. Now, just as a little bit of background, in general, when there's a doubt, situation of doubt, so then if it uh, has ramifications on a biblical level, we are stringent. We, unless we know otherwise, unless there's, let's say, a situation where we would follow the majority, or other factors, if we don't have any other factors, we should be stringent. Uh, when there's a question on a biblical level, we go, we are stringent about it. When it's a suffix, when it's a doubt on a rabbinic level, so then we are lenient. That's why it's really important to always know one of the first questions we should always ask with regards to any law is, is this a biblical law? Is this a rabbinic law? Because it has significant ramifications. So for the regards to most biblical, derisa laws, uh, we should be stringent in situations of doubt. And then, if there's a rove, if there's a statistical majority telling us to be lenient, so then we could be lenient. But if it's a situation of kol kavua, Kavua, if it's something which is stationary and in place, so we will not follow the statistical majority to be lenient. So in most cases it tells you, don't be lenient. Don't follow the majority to be lenient. <coughs> Rather, you should be 
stringent. You should it should be as if you're not following the majority. When we don't follow the majority in on biblical cases and derisive cases, we are will be stringent. The the question uh, when there's a question of doubt, so then without knowing anything else, we are stringent. So that's true for the vast majority of cases. However, there are a few cases where um, in a question of uh, of doubt, we are actually we we tell even on a biblical level, we try to be lenient. Um, and then there's a question, well, if there's a majority, so then maybe we should be stringent. And Kavua will tell us that no, in a case of where it's stationary, we will go back to the status quo of being lenient. There are a few cases like that, and we'll see in the Gemara a few cases like that. Um, and the reason why I'm mentioning all of this is, as introduction is because the Gemara is about to make the following statement. Let's read the statement. Gufa. It was taught, This concept of following, of, of not following the majority in a case where it's, in sta- it's stationed, it's stationary, uh, this applies whether it's a leniency or a stringency. Now for most cases, it will be a stringency because the majority will tell you to be lenient. In a case of where it's stationary, we will not follow the majority and therefore we will be stringent. However, there are some cases, as we're about to see, where it actually ends up becoming a leniency. Uh, it does end up becoming a leniency, but the point is, is that with regards to all cases of word stationary, we do not follow the majority. So the Gemara wants to know, Where did Rabzira get this ruling from? How does he know this? Where is there a case where we would have been lenient when it comes to the majority? Uh, sorry, we would have been stringent when it comes to the majority, and that we shouldn't follow the majority, but rather we should uh, we should be lenient uh, when it's stationary. Where do we ever have such a case? So the Gemara tries to present a few cases. Maybe this is the proof, maybe that is the proof. So Elam, maybe it's referring back to the case that we had in the last class with ten stores. It's really nine stores. They're nine stores, uh, and all of them... Uh, sell kosher meat, and then there's another store. There's one other store, the tenth store. It sells non-kosher. So you have nine stores that sell kosher, one that sells non-kosher. Now, somebody purchased from one of them, went into the store and bought from one of them. He forgot where did he buy this? Is it from the non-kosher ones? Is it from the one that's not kosher? Sveko aser. So because the question at hand is in the store itself, the nine stores, all ten stores, are all stationary. They're all set in place. So therefore, we cannot follow the majority to be lenient. We have to be stringent. However, when in a case where the meat is found in the street, the question is not where did I buy it, but where did this come from? And the question at hand is in the street. So in that case, we do follow the majority. And So the point is, that is a case. When it's stationary, that's a case where we end up being stringent because it's stationary. If it wasn't for it being stationary, I would have been lenient. I would have followed the majority Kosher stores to be lenient ends up being that we are stringent. We don't follow the majority and we are stringent. So this is not a good proof uh, to show us that we'll even follow Kavua stationary to be lenient. What would be a case where we are lenient? That can't be a case. Rather, maybe it's the following case. Allah, this has to now do with the laws of purity and impurity. What happens? We have in front of us um, nine, uh, nine dead frogs and one dead sheretz. 
so this has to do with laws of purity and impurity. The, the dead frog does not transfer impurity. The dead chariot does. A person touches one of them, he doesn't know which one he touched. Naga, sorry, he doesn't know which one he touched. Sveiko Tame. So over there, because we don't know, even though the majority, we should be lenient maybe that the majority do not transfer impurity, but because they're all present, they're all stationary, they're all in front of us, so we end up being stringent. So the Gemara says, there too, it's a case where being stationary ends up being a chumra, ends up being a stringency. So what is the case? We want to know what's the case exactly where we end up being lenient uh, when they're stationary. So the Gemara finally comes to the following conclusion. This is the case. We have a case here where, same case, we have nine, um, sorry, the, the opposite case. We have nine shratim, nine uh, dead shratim that transfer, nine, these nine do, in fact, transfer impurity. And there's one, uh, there's one frog uh, amongst them, so the majority do transfer impurity. And someone touched one of them. You don't know which one you touched. None of them transfer impurity. The other one, the frog, doesn't. So the ruling is, It depends on where uh, the impurity or potential impurity was transferred. The question about impurity was transferred. And this is just a, a general rule when it comes to purity and impurity. Um, there will be different rules whether you're in a private domain or if you are in the Rishis Arabim, in the public domain. In general, when it comes to the private domain, we are generally stringent. In cases of doubt, we are stringent. We're not going to get into the source for all of this uh, right now, but it's important uh, to know this in order to understand our Gemara. Uh, if it's in the public domain, so then we are, in a case of doubt, we are lenient. We are lenient. So the Gemara says... Status quo is that we should be lenient. If, if the question at hand happens in the public domain, we should be lenient. Oh, maybe you're going to tell me, no, we should follow the majority. In general, the Torah tells us to follow the majority. And the majority here is stringent. And so this is a unique case where the majority will tell us, no, to be stringent. No, we're not going to follow the majority because since they're all stationary, they're all set in place, we are going to revert back to being lenient. So this is now a case where being stationary tells us don't follow the majority to be stringent. No, in this case we could be lenient. If it's in happens, the question happens in the public domain, we end up being lenient. So there you have it. You have that case where we end up being lenient. So whether it's there to be stringent or whether it's there to be lenient, Kavua tells you if it's stationary that we do not follow the majority. We don't follow the majority. So the Gemara wants to know, okay, we have a source from the Tana. We have the source from the time periods of the Mishnah. But what's the verse? Is there a verse that proves this? So the Gemara says as follows, This is now on 15A4 in the second column in the article Gemara. Where is the Pasuk? Do we have a verse that proves this? The Gemara answers as follows, The case that we are discussing here is a case where a person uh, kills somebody else. It says that a person, the verse says that he hates his fellow, he ambushes him and rises up against him. And so it seems like it's specifically when you have intent and you have plan to kill somebody else. So then that's when a person is deserving of, if they're, again, if there are two witnesses and there's warning, 
deserving of the death penalty. The first opinion says, A murderer is not liable until he intends to kill a specific person. If he intended to kill one person and he ends up killing another person instead, he doesn't get the death penalty. He does not get the death penalty. If he intends to kill one, ends up killing somebody else, he does not get the death penalty. And that's what we derive from the verse when it says, that he ambushes and he rises up against because he has to have intent not just to kill and not just to kill a person, but to kill that specific person. If he kills somebody else, so then he does not get the death penalty. But the rabbis disagree with the first opinion. How do they interpret uh, this pasuk, this verse? So Rabbi says, it's referring to a case where you do not get the death penalty when, let's say, a person throws, uh, shoots an arrow, throws a stone into a group of people consisting of both Jews and uh, non-Jews. And he ends up killing a Jew. So the death penalty is only given when a Jew kills another Jew. Okay, that's uh, that's background. The Jew only gets the death penalty when he kills, he kills a, 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 another Jew. He does not get it if he kills a non-Jew. Okay, um, because there was a chance of hitting the non-Jew, so therefore the verse is telling you that he does not get the death penalty. So the Gemara wants to know, well, what exactly is the case? How many Jews are present? How many non-Jews are present? If it's a case where you have nine Kananim, non-Jews in the group, and there's one Jew, typically Jerubim Kananim, and the reason why he doesn't get the death penalty is because we follow, we should follow the majority, and the majority are not Jewish. Or even if it's half and half, let's say it's five and five, five Jews and five non-Jews there, Suffolk Nefashus Lahakel. That is now, we should apply the principle where even though we said in general when there's a doubt we should be stringent, there's a, there are a few exceptions to that rule. One we mentioned earlier about uh, impurity being transferred in the public domain. Another case is when it comes to giving somebody the death penalty. We go out of our way. Rashi says that there's a verse for this concept. We go out of our way to try to be lenient. We try to go very far to try to be lenient. We try to find various reasons why we should be lenient to not give the death penalty. Uh, according to some, we'll even interpret, if there's a question, how to interpret a certain pasuk, a certain verse, so then we will use the more lenient approach because we want to be as lenient as possible. In fact, the Talmud says that a bloody court is one that uh, that goes through with the death penalty once every 70 years. So it very rarely happened. It's, uh, it's a warning. It's uh, trying to scare people off, but it hardly ever happened. And so there's a general rule that we try to be lenient in this case. So even if it's half and half, let's say it's half and half, five Jews, five non-Jews, so then we should be lenient because even though it's half and half, we're not going to be stringent. We'll, we'll, we'll always side with the position that it is, that we should be lenient. Now, before, before we continue with the analysis, uh, just to point out, um, even though you don't get the death penalty by killing a non-Jew, it doesn't mean that it's, uh, obviously it's not the right thing to do and it's, uh, terrible. Uh, but in terms of punishment in court, there's always a punishment by God, but in terms of punishment in court, so then, uh, that, that is, uh, that it only gets the death penalty if you kill a Jew. Um, so what is the case? It can't be a case where there are nine non-Jews. It can't be a case where it's five and five. The case is, Basically, there are nine Jews in the group, one non-Jew. And so, 
in the end, we will follow. You might think we should follow the t- the statistics and the majority to say, oh, it was a Jew. It was a Jew. Uh, so then you have nine verses one, and we should be stringent, and then he should get the death penalty. No, this is the verse that teaches you that because they are stationary, they are set, these ten people are stationary, they're set in place, we will be lenient. This is the source that we will be lenient and say that no, they're stationary, they're set in place, we do not follow the majority to assume that it's a Jew, we will assume that it's a question. If it's a question, so then we could be lenient, we're allowed to be lenient. Uh, that's Kavua Kemetsa Metsadami, when they're stationary, we don't follow the majority, we assume it's 50-50, and this is the source. That itself would be the source. Now, that's the end of the Gemara for this class. Just one point. What does it mean that we follow the Jew, follow the non-Jew? What are we talking about here? What exactly is the case? So that itself is not so simple. According to some of the earlier commentators, some of the Rishonim, we're discussing a case of we don't know. We know that it killed somebody. We don't know who it killed. Who he killed. We don't know. We can't identify the person. So is it was it one of the Jews? Was it one of the non-Jews? So that's why the Gemara says, well, do we go based on majority? Do we not go based on majority? So apparently we don't go based on majority. Because it's called Kavua, because it's they're stationary, so don't go based on the majority. Others explain that no, we obviously we know who he killed. We definitely know who he killed. The question at hand is when he shoots the arrow in front of a group of ten, so he needs to have intent. And so how do we define this action even before it hits anybody? Is this an action where his intent is for the Jew or for the non Jew? Who is it for? Um, is it for the Jew or for the non Jew? Um, and based on how we define this action, uh, so then that will tell us and that will reveal to us what exactly his thought process was, what was his intent, because his intent is based on how we define the action. And so maybe we should define the action based on the, the majority. The answer is that no, because they, they're stationary. We do not define it based on the majority. So at the end of the day, this is our source for the fact that when things are stationary and there's a doubt, there's a question as to what happened, we will be both stringent depending on the case. And the the new part of this the is that we'll also be lenient, that even though the majority tells us to be stringent, we'll be lenient in a case of where it is stationary. We will continue more on this topic in the next recording.